You're listening to the On The Rise podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs as we make our way to the top. Here is your host, known as the property shark, Mr. John Lee. Hey, what's up everyone? John Lee here, also known as The Property Shark, and welcome back to another episode of the On The Rise podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us, Chris Salerno. He is the founder of QC Capital. Thank you so much, Chris, for being on our podcast today. John, thank you so much for having me. Super excited to add value to all your listeners, and uh, I've listened to your podcast before, and what you do, uh, this is phenomenal. So thank you so much for what you're doing, and uh, very excited. Absolutely, Chris. Um, and thank you for taking your time to being on the podcast today. Um, quickly, why don't you give our listeners an introduction about yourself and you know what you're about and where you're yeah. from? Yeah, thank you so much. So I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've been there over uh, 13 years, originally from South Florida. I started out in the residential industry here in uh, Charlotte, selling residential homes, very quickly gained a success track record, which I decided to merge uh, into the number one company in the Carolinas, which I really fell into their operational role. So uh, I was able to make them 46% profitable in one year compared to their three years of being stagnant with no growth. I felt like I hit a ceiling. Also, if you play the game Monopoly, you don't broker real estate. So the game of Monopoly is to win, but to own all the property and to build wealth. So I realized that and I said, well, I'm in the wrong industry. So I started studying multifamily industry uh, or the multifamily asset and multifamily between 08 and 2012 was the strongest asset class. It rebounded quicker than any other asset class. And even now during COVID-19, it is the strongest asset class and it's going to rebound even quicker uh, coming out of it. So very excited to be in it. Uh, so I hop, uh, hop ship, um, just left cold turkey, uh, brokeraging real estate. I do not broker real estate anymore. Uh, I'm a full-time multifamily investor. Uh, started scaling the company up to a little over 364 units and a little over 40 million within seven months of us uh, just opening doors. And currently we're in the process of raising a $350 million real estate opportunistic fund, which is a 506C regulation D, uh, which we're super excited about. So now I guess you can call me a fund manager as well. So that's super awesome, Chris. And um, I'd love to kind of dive into all the little bits of your journey, but kind of take me back to real estate and how you got into it and kind of why why you got into. I, I love this question. Um, well, there's that saying that 98% of uh, billionaires and multimillionaires have a tie to real estate. Uh, and it is true. Everyone has a tie to real estate. It's the easiest way to make money. Yeah, it's not rocket science. Um, but what you do by us like creating a fund, that kind of gets down to rocket science. It's very difficult. It's not easy. Um, and I love a challenge. So I got into real estate um, really when I was younger. Um, I had a passion and I knew money bought everything and money does buy everything. But if you're a good steward of money, uh, the more money you have, the more people you can help. So uh, I remember as a little kid, I used to sneak under a gated neighborhood and ride my bike through these large homes and just think one day I'll be in one of these homes or one day uh, I'll, I'll own a couple of them. But, you know, times change uh, as you grow up and your goals have changed. And, um, you know, I loved residential real estate because it was always different. I love real estate in general because it's always different. Each property we acquire is a different business plan. It's uh, 
going to give us different roadblocks and different t challenges along the way. Uh, and I enjoy that and I love that. And that's what wakes me up uh, every morning uh, to get to work. Uh, I had a call with my acquisition specialist and he said, he said, I, I don't know how you do it, but you have a newborn. You wake up at 430 in the morning, you work until nine at night uh, and you only sleep like four hours a night. Uh, and I said, just don't compete with me. Uh, because I do not like to lose. Uh, I'm a very competitive person, no matter what game or what we're playing. I said, just don't compete with me. Just let's all ride this wave together and let's all grow together and reach our goals together. Uh, so I think that mindset has definitely, um, uh, I've built over the years as well, uh, getting into real estate and before real estate is creating a very strong mindset uh, and a, a very positive mindset uh, to uh, help the success that we've gotten to so far and the success that we're going to get to in the next 10 years through the real estate industry. That's absolutely amazing. And what age were you when you got into real estate? So I was 22. Um, was I? Yeah, I was, I was um, 20, 21 or 21 or 22. Actually, I think I was 21 when I got into real estate. Yeah. And that was you finishing to go to school, the college? Or? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I went, I, I ran division one track as a, as an athlete, I was a sprinter. Um, so very quick out of the blocks. Uh, so after I, after that 200 race, I'm really dying really. Um, but, um, so I, uh, ran division one track at a local college, uh, D one here in, uh, in the Charlotte area. And very quickly I realized college wasn't for me. I realized that uh, college is the best business there is because that's the only loan you cannot file for bankruptcy uh, and you have to pay it back no matter what happens. So I said, I'm getting out, I'm getting out of it. And right now, if you look at the, um, what is it, Gen Z and uh, the millennials, their, their student loans is right after their living expenses. Mm -hmm. uh, generate, or the millennials right now uh, spend around anywhere from 50 to 65% of their income on uh, rent. And then the rest is uh, uh, actually takeout food and uh, student loans are right after the rent. So um, I knew that uh, that's just not a good game plan for me. I never like to be tied down like that. Um, and then some other things happened, uh, throughout school that I was just, it was just so confusing. And I'm like, this just doesn't make sense. This is not for me. So I decided to leave. Uh, once I decided to leave, I was actually working two jobs, uh, because I don't care to watch TV. Now I love documentaries, but, um, TV, the only time I'll watch it for about 30 minutes in the evening is I'll watch it for the commercials. And you mm. probably never heard anyone say that. But the reason why I watch it for the commercials is I want to see how they market to people. You have, you have people that are 24 seven, uh, putting all their time and effort to these commercials to market to individuals. So I want to see what they're using, what they're saying, how they're wording things to market to the general population. Uh, so I watch that very closely, but, uh, I don't like to watch TV. I, I love to watch uh, documentaries. Uh, and I do like to watch movies because you will get some good quotes out of some good movies. Um, and, um, so I was working two jobs, saved up as much money as possible. I think I saved up like six grand. Um, and then I quit both of those jobs. Uh, once I got conf uh, confirmed that I passed my real estate uh, brokerage test and I said, I'm going to make it work. I got six grand. 
And uh, I got to utilize that six grand very wisely with marketing and with my time, but I'm going to make it work and I will not fail. And uh, I made it work and that's what I did with multifamily and I made that work. And now I'm going to do that with the fun that I'm creating, um, which will, will be extremely difficult um, for our first time fund raising 350 million, but I feel very confident. Uh, I do sit as a board of advisors on two $350 million uh, funds. Um, so that should definitely help. That's amazing, Chris. I, I love your story um, and I admire your courage because, you know, I, I was definitely in your, your same shoes when I was in my second year of university picking my major. I studied oh, yeah. chemical engineering and um, I, I just knew school wasn't for me. But then part of me was like, you know, my parents were first time immigrants. I wanted to do it for them. Um, but, you know, I knew that, you know, I, I wasn't meant to, to work a nine to five, like this isn't me because I don't enjoy taking time off like you. I don't like watching TV or mm -hmm. relaxing or partying. I'm always work, 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 work. Where can I learn more knowledge and gain more skills? Um, and it's interesting that, that you said you watch commercials. Like you're probably the first person I ever talked to that says I watch TV for the commercials. Yeah. But that's, that's amazing. Only Chris. about 30 minutes because you start <laughs> to lose brain cells. I've learned, I've realized that. So I only watch about 30 minutes. Um, but yeah. And Chris, I, I want to talk about your journey as a real estate uh, broker. How were you able to achieve tremendous success when you were first starting out again, being so young, really probably don't have a lot of experience with sales oh, yeah. at all. Again, coming straight from college. How were you able to really accelerate your growth? I think with the previous jobs I had, uh, one job uh, I had early on uh, was running the whole amusement park here, uh, which was called Carowinds. It's a large amusement park. I was uh, 18 years old managing 40,000 people coming in and out of that park. Uh, on a given day. Um, as an 18 year old, uh, you really have to know how to speak to people. You have to know how to operate a, a one, a business. Um, so that was very beneficial. Uh, and then the selling part came, which I was always an entrepreneur ever since I was 12 years old. Uh, my parents would drive me up to a restaurant. I'd work under the table and make $20 a night for washing dishes. Um, but I was always an entrepreneur and knew, uh, the key to sales. Sales is everything. Uh, when people say that they're not a sales individual, well, you are because, uh, when you interview for job, you're selling yourself. Uh, when you're doing anything, even when you're speaking to your kids, you're selling your kids. Uh, you just may not realize it. So uh, I, I always had a passion for sales and helping people. Um, and uh, I think with the previous employment that I had, that definitely led up to that position. Uh, but I was always intrigued, you know, throughout college, I, I didn't party because I knew that partying would one, one, I was a D division one track athlete, but I didn't care to party. Um, I, I wanted the big, I wanted to reach a level status that no one could reach or attain. So I was always trying to grow my mind. And when people were reading history books about history back in 1800s, I was reading books on stock bonds, mutual funds, uh, how the stock market works, what, what goes on with uh, hedge funds, the real estate market, how's that operated, um, which I think that's definitely helped me and molded uh, the knowledge that I have today. And also the discipline of uh, telling someone, no, I don't want to do this. You know, I'm busy doing something else. Um, and I think all that together, uh, I was also intrigued. Um, I study a lot of billionaires because my goal is to reach that level. And I, I study them very, very closely. Uh, I study why their companies are successful, why they failed, uh, what roadblocks they went through. And that's why I always tell everybody, hire a coach. 
It limits your mistakes and it helps uh, your business grow at a very quicker pace than if you were trying to do it on your own. Life is a team sport. Uh, you need to have that team mindset and work together because we all work and we all grow to the number one uh, goal that we all have. There's so much money on this planet and you can't be greedy. Um, and I think all that combined, when I fell into that role of the merging companies, uh, one thing that a lot of young people, and I know we chatted that your listeners may be in their 20s and early 30s, is that they always want to get paid for something. They want to get paid $20 an hour to flip burgers, or they want an internship that's paid. And I tell them, uh, because the funny thing is, is I dropped out of my previous college, and now I mentor their business department. This is my four years mentoring their business department. Um, <laughs> but I just don't tell them I dropped out. The dean told me not to. But going back, um, so everyone wants money, but they don't understand that your mindset is the most powerful powerful muscle on your body. It's the most powerful weapon you have. So if you can work for a very wealthy person or a very successful business owner and soak up all their knowledge, that will, uh, that will project your business and that will make you more successful down the road. Now, everyone wants to get rich quick because they see these Instagram people, Facebook, whatever, YouTubers, and they want to get rich quick, but that's not the game. The game is long-term. Warren Buffett made 95% of his money, actually 98% of his money after he was 50 years old. This is a long-term game. So work for free to just be surrounded in that, uh, that successful individual's environment and gain that knowledge because that knowledge is power and you can put it to good use in growing a large company or doing whatever you want to do to be successful. That's amazing. And you know, when you got into the real estate industry, uh, in terms of brokering and, and, and doing, uh, as working as a realtor, uh, in terms of, you know, lead generation and getting clients, mm -hmm. how did you start off with that? Cause I feel like that's, that's the, the hardest, hardest part of, of doing any, any business, right. Is yeah. just, where do I find clients? Like, and, and how do I get clients that are ready to buy or do something with real estate? Very much so. That's a great question. And um, so as you know, uh, time is very valuable and very sensitive to me. And I'm always, uh, I'd like to be on the dot. Uh, but you know, we always uh, mess up here or, you know, all, things come up unexpectedly where, you know, we're a little late for things. And so when I got into real estate, I realized, well, time's valuable. Um, I don't only get paid a commission, but I calculate what I get paid an hour based off sellers and buyers. So I said, okay, what do I need to do? I need to knock on every single door of expires. And I realized that spent the whole day doing that. And it was like 10 doors because I, I would map out start to finish all the way back to the office. So I'm like, after two times, I said, that's a waste. And I always say a fool makes the same mistake twice. Um, so I was a fool because I made the same mistake twice. So I said, okay, what do I need to do? I said, I need to become a master on the phone. I need to become a master scripter. Um, and then also I need to do open houses. And the key to open houses is the first year I did 78 open houses. The key to open houses is that you build relationships with the individuals that walk in. You don't sell the house. Uh, very, at all the, through the lifetime of me being a, a broker, I think I, I did over 150, probably 160 open houses. Um, I would do two different houses Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, and the key is to open houses is staying cons consistent. So no matter how long the home took to sell, I stayed consistent. I, I was there Everything, every time, Saturday and Sunday, same time, 
it rained, shined, snow, it doesn't matter. I was there. That's the key. I stayed consistent and I built relationships direct with the individuals that walk in. I didn't care to sell the house and I built relationships. I, how are your family, you know, learn all about their family. And then I followed up that week. Oh, I hope your kids are doing great. It was nice meeting you. Please see, I know you said that you're interested in these type of homes, but you're waiting a couple of weeks. Here's a criteria just so you can stay up to date on the market. And then staying, uh, staying consistent with following up with them is key. So on the buy side, that's what I did. When it came to the listing side, uh, I mastered scripts. I mastered how to speak to people. I mastered how to uh, have strong, high-level conversations where, uh, you know, your first time, one, it's scary calling. Everyone's scared. Uh, but once you get used to it and you start chatting with people, I mean, I've had people sign documents uh, over the phone. I mean, I've, I said, I'm going to docu, docu sign the listing agreement and they signed over the phone now without even meeting me. Um, but I, I've always tend to get that appointment um, because I find a way to add value to them by what is, what is their goal? Is their goal to sell, um, to just sell and make money? Or is their goal to uh, relocate for another job or relocate for family or just move to another city? You know, what's their goal? And let's see how I can accomplish that goal. And if they feel that they can, you can accomplish that goal, uh, then you'll be able to get, grab that listing. So that's what I did both buyer and seller, uh, which has, uh, gained that gained me, uh, in my opinion, uh, some success in the real estate industry. That's amazing. And, and I'm curious to, to hear, you know, in terms of the open house tactic, if we dive a little bit deeper, uh, I, I like how you focus on building the relationship with people instead of trying to sell the house, because most likely they've gone through a couple of houses already during the open house and they're tired of hearing you give them the same spiel oh, about the I bedrooms. Mean, and, and, I mean, how, how are you going to sell this is the bathroom? This is the bedroom. <laughs> it's like, okay, everybody knows that, you know, you yeah. got to sell yourself and you, before you sell yourself by being a market expert and understanding the market, you need to build that relationship so they can drop down that trust wall and open their trust up to you. That's why you say, where are you moving from? Oh, wonderful. I, 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 I have a friend that lives there and I've heard nothing but great things or, um, Oh, uh, why are you moving? Oh, um, I under, I completely understand. We moved here at this time and this is, we moved for the same reason. Find a way to even build a relationship. Even if they have two dogs. Oh, mm. I have two dogs as well. You know, what type of dogs? Oh, is a, a, a yards important? Yes. You know, that's, that was important to me too. And then become a market expert. So when they say I'm looking for newer construction, three bedroom to two bedroom between 300 and 500, you can say, Oh, boom. Well, these are three new builders that are building in this area. Here are the three communities that are building in this area. Um, if you're available, if this is a Saturday, if you're available tomorrow, which is Sunday, more than happy to tour you around those communities uh, just so you can get an idea of those amenities that they offer, which is a large pool, a gym, you know, and just go on and so yeah. forth. And they see that you're a market expert and they want to do business with you. Got it. And at what point of the conversation do you ask for the con contact information? I'm curious to see how, how, what your approach with that is. Yeah, that's a great question. So when it comes to um, the conversation of uh, um, of co getting their contact information, that's hard, uh, you know, because no one wants to give that out. There's multiple ways. You can have a raffle. You can say this year you're giving away um, um, a iPad. So whoever draw, whoever puts in their information, they'll have a chance to win the iPad. You can say for every person that signs, uh, we're giving $5 to the local humane society. Um, so, and then once you have their email, go donate to the local humane society. Cause we all love our furry little pets and then take a picture of that donation and email it all to them. 
So they know, mm. wow, this, this person's a really trustworthy person. He said he was going to do it and he actually did it. Um, and then when you build that relationship after you knock on that trust wall a little bit and they, they have that trust with you, um, and you figure out their goals, that's the biggest thing is they want to know, like I said earlier, they want to know you can achieve the goals. So what do you do? Once they give you their criteria and because you're a market expert, you rattle off on the top of your head, oh, these are the neighborhoods and these are the houses. They already have it in their head. They're not going re to remember it. So at the very end, you say, oh, by the way, those neighborhoods and houses, would you like me to send you an email this evening uh, just so you can take a look at them and uh, see the price ranges and what amenities they offer? What's a great email for you? And I can go ahead and send you those houses. And boom, they put it down. Got it. That's, that's amazing, Chris. Again, just being flexible and being attentive to that conversation and listen to the key indicators of, of how you can add value and help out instead of just trying to sell the house or trying to get the contact information. Um, and Chris, just to give people a perspective of how much work it actually took for you to get to the level of success you did as a broker, how many hours were you putting in to, to call people a day? Just so people know, right? Yeah. Um, so I've tested everything. I've, t I've called people at 7 a.m. Because you have to, in the United States, you have to watch out because uh, there's certain times you can call and you have to stop. Um, so within those hours, I, I called people. But it was really early in the mornings and in the evenings when they're off work and right before they're going to work and around lunchtime, I called. Um, but um, like I said earlier, my uh, acquisition person uh, says I'm crazy because of the hours I, I sleep and I work. And I mean, I, I work seven, seven days a week, uh, minimum 12 hours a day. And I do that now. Now I have a little newborn, so I want to spend some time with the family. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. So Monday through Saturday uh, or Monday through Friday, I work around 12 to 13 hours. Um, when it comes to Saturday, I work around six to seven hours. And Sunday, I work around six to seven hours as well. Um, but uh, everybody knows in the family uh, and uh, that's involved in business partners and investors that are involved uh, know that I'm available 24-7 and that uh, I do work. Mo I mean, most of the time. <laughs> and Chris, uh, how did you get from being a real estate broker and into multifamily and, and being an investor? And it just felt like you just made the jump, right? Instead yeah. of people are still hanging on to their license, still doing some sales and they're dabbling with investing. And, and so, uh, how did you yeah you you won't be in my opinion you're not gonna you're not gonna gain massive success if you keep doing it part time if you if you titty totter on that on that seesaw you're not gonna gain massive success and the reason why is because you need to have your and as you can tell I'm very I have a positive mindset strong mindset and I have a strong determination and and to reach your end all goal you need to focus your mind your body on that end goal I meditate in the mornings and the evenings and in my meditation I picture myself. And I, I say at my affirmations in my head, I picture myself on where I want to be, where the company's going to be in the next two, five, 10 years, where the family's going to be. And if you're sitting there teeter-tottering, selling some houses, and then trying to invest, it's, it's, you're not going to grow a large company. But it all comes down to your goals. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe you want to make 10, 20 grand a year. Or I mean a month. That's fine, you know. Um, but uh, those—that's not the goal that we have here, or myself. Uh, that's not my goal. Definitely not my goal. Um, and I think I always tell everybody: sit down with yourself and understand your goal, and then realize, okay, well, what do I want to do? 
you can do both if you want. Um, but, uh, the, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to gain massive success and grow a large, large company by taking both. Now, I, I love diversification. Don't get me wrong. So you diverse once you're at a certain level and your company's at a certain level, then you start to diverse. Uh, and if you want to grow a real estate team or an investment side, you can. Uh, so I did take that leap. And the reason why is because if you and I were, uh, had a tribe, back in the stone age. And, um, and our wives at the time said, all right, honeys, go, go out and kill something and bring us some food back. Are we going to come back in empty handed? No, we're not. I know I'm not, I'm not coming <laughs> back empty handed. Yeah. Um, because it's going to be me they're cooking. Um, so that is you putting your back against the wall. That is, you're going to have to do whatever it takes to bring food back to the village and let them eat. And that's how it is when it comes to business or any type of career you're going in, you have to have that mentality of this is going to work. Uh, there is no plan B. I'm going to make this work and I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to call a hundred people a day. If I have to, mm. I'm going to reach out and contact a hundred people a day on LinkedIn, social media, uh, you name it. I'm going to do whatever it takes, um, you know, throughout the rules and being legal with everything to achieve goals. Um, and when it comes to that, if you have that mindset of that, uh, you're going to do whatever it takes, uh, the legal way and the rule way, um, to achieve your goal, then you're going to gain a massive company and you're going to have massive followers that are going to follow you, uh, and want to be a part of your growth. Like the individuals that work, uh, work for me now, they want to be a part of our growth. They see that we're going to be a large company that's going to have 10, 20 billion in the next 10 to 15 years. And then 30 years, we're, our goal is over a hundred billion assets under management. So they want to be a part of that growth and they're excited about it. Yeah. And we're all going to grow together because we have that same mindset. Awesome, Chris. And from your point of view as a young 20 something year old, uh, where and how did you learn about multifamily investing? How did that Listen happen? listening to podcasts like yours. I mean, you give out great information and you ask great questions. I listen to podcasts. Um, and I, my, my coach who's Joe Fairless, he has a longest running daily real estate podcast. I listen to his podcast. Um, and I actually went to a, a, a networking multifamily event and met a couple people uh, who were very successful. And I said, well, you have to have a coach. And they said, well, it's Joe Fairless. I said, oh, I listened to his podcast, never knew he coached. I want him. And they said, well, it comes at a pretty penny. I said, I don't care what price is. I'll find the money if I don't have it, but I want them. And uh, we had multiple conversations and I, I enjoyed the conversations and we decided to work together and he's my mentor and coach. And now uh, I'm seeking uh, a new mentor and coach, but we'll keep Joe Fairless as my mentor and coach um, and seeking someone who has a lot of fund and capital raising experience. Um, but, uh, but I did that because I knew I wanted, or they're going to limit, they're going to limit my mistakes um, mm. going down this path. They're not going to hold my hand. It's my job to wake up and to work hard, but they're going to limit my mistakes, uh, which is very helpful. Um, I read books. I watched YouTube videos. I soaked up all the knowledge. I didn't physically do it. I soaked up all the knowledge about six months before I got into it. And then I just quit cold turkey, my previous uh, uh, brokeraging real estate and hop straight into it and said, I will make this work no matter what. Um, and when you have that mentality, you're willing to learn at a higher level. You're willing to get into rooms with uh, higher quality people that will take your business and project your business. Um, and that's what's happened. That's amazing, Chris. Absolutely amazing. Um, and from your point of view, you know, what would be the one piece of advice you would give your 24 year old self if you had to do this all again? 
Ooh, I, I, that's a good question. Um, what would I give my 24 year old self? Um, well, I'm only 25. So, um, 20 year old self, let's put it that way. Let's say 20. Yeah. Let's say 20. (laughs) Um, so if I had to give, uh, my 20 year old self, I would say relationships are key. Um, and I learned this at a very young age is you never burn a bridge and it's true. Um, because once you do, you're going to end up talking to that individual or trying to need something. Uh, so one, you never burn a bridge, which I knew, but relationships are key and that's how you get yourself in the door. That's how you grow a large company is all about relationships. So be sure and to, uh, to get yourselves in the correct rooms by building strong relationships. Um, and I'm not a big talker when I'm in meetings because if you're talking, you're not listening, uh, and you need to listen to learn. So I'm very quiet. And a lot of people say, why are you so quiet? Are you okay? I'm like, well, I'm learning, you know? Um, so, and then I put my input in when I need to, uh, but I would say build strong, strong relationships and go deep with those relationships. Um, and that, that would definitely help and project your business to the next level and work for free, work for free to gain knowledge. Absolutely. Chris, that's amazing. And in terms of like building relationships, what do you just say? Just attending events um, meeting people that you have, you aspire to be, right? Being around successful people that you aspire to be. And people are asking, well, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to get around them? You know, what am I going to do to get in the same room as them? And, um, and the biggest thing to do is add value, find a way to add value. I don't care if they're a billionaire. I talk to billionaires on Instagram. Uh, I talk to multimillionaires on Instagram. I find a way to add value and I've added value to their lives just by little things. I saw a uh, article post negative about a billionaire. So I screenshot and sent it to him. I said, just want to let you know for your investors. He says, thanks so much. Do you mind commenting on that post? Uh, blah, 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 blah. And I said, yeah, sure. So I did it. I screenshot it, sent it to him. And he's like, thanks so much. So when I go down to South Florida, I'm going to go ahead and grab coffee with a billionaire now. Um, so that right there, I'm adding value, just little things. So find a way to add value. You know, they all have the, all the money in the world. They have all the resources in the world, but find a way with the knowledge that you built, um, by listening to podcasts, reading books and YouTube channels, uh, to find a way to add value. And once you do that, they like someone who's determined, who's hungry, who wants to be successful, who has a good hit on their shoulder and they're going to want to keep you in their circle. That's amazing. And like you said, if you, it doesn't hurt to ask if you don't know how to add value, just to send a message and say, is there anything in the world I could do for you? Or like what you were doing, uh, you saw information out there about this person that was portrayed negatively and just to allow them to be aware of that. So yeah, that- for sure. Find a way. I would say if you ask the question, they're going to say no. I mean, you know, if I've had, I have people asking the question on a day-to-day basis, what can I do for you? And I'm like, nothing, you know, but if you came to me and say, Hey, I have something for you. Um, and it added value. I'm going to say, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now let's, let's keep this conversation going and see how possibly you can benefit the company by working within the company or, you know, whatever, or so on and so forth. Got it, Chris. Appreciate that. Um, and last but not least, uh, you know, what does the future hold for you, Chris? Where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah, great question. Where do I see myself in five years? Uh, five years, our company will have over $3 billion under management. Um, I see that in the next five years uh, with us creating this $350 million real estate fund. Um, I would say after that's fully funded and we deploy those assets or deploy that capital into assets, um, we'll create a next fund that will be anywhere from six to a billion dollars. Um, and that will be able to give us the ability to acquire more uh, real estate assets for the investors. And then um, as 
we grow in 10 to 20 years, we'll start to go international. That's amazing, Chris. You know, thank you again for sharing your journey with us today. And it's amazing to see a young hustle like you, 25 years of age, just absolutely crushing it out there. Um, and I love your positivity. So, so keep thank on you. doing what you do. And Chris, how can people get in touch with you? Um, what is social media, your website? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, you can network alongside of me. I have a closed Facebook group called the Mindful Multifamily Network. Go ahead and join it. I'll accept you. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Chris underscore Salerno underscore. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can go to my email, Chris at QCCapitalGroup.com. We do have a website. It is down, uh, but it's QCCapitalGroup.com. Thank you again, Chris. Really appreciate you. And I look forward to meeting with you one day. Likewise. You take care. Okay. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the On The Rise podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The music composition and vocals is done by Graham Best. Your host, of course, is the property shark, Mr. John Lee. Have a wonderful day, and we will, of course, see you next time on our way to the top. Cheers. Cheers.